Done. Why are we such idiots? I don't know, but I think that was a terrific intro. Ryan, for the second episode of Monster Month, we are talking about, obviously, Jaws, one of the classic monster movies. What, you have something to say? I I don't know if it was quite that obvious because I don't think we did a very good job with that song. (laughs) It's not like the Wonder Woman. (laughs) That's true, yeah. That's true. But, Ryan, uh, Jaws being one of, like, the monster movies, how did you feel about it? I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. There were certain parts I was extremely bored, but not for the reason you think. Okay. I forgot how many times I have seen this movie <laughs> because I put it on. I was like, uh, like I, I, there are still certain parts that I was amazed by, but I've seen it <clears throat> yeah. so many times that I'm also just like, why am I watching this again? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but no, been- it's, it's still a very enjoyable movie and they do such a good job with all the practical effects. Oh yeah. I would, I would love to watch this movie. Like, in a drive-in, like on a drive-in theater screen, but floating in a tube, like in a bay or something. That Dude, would be I, sick. I actually think there's a movie theater somewhere in the world that you can actually watch a movie on a big-ass projector in a boat in the middle of, I don't know if it's like a lake, the ocean, or the pond, or whatever, but okay. it's a body of water. And that they actually showed Jaws one time. I was like, I want to do that. I, it would be awesome. It really would. I would would. love that. (laughs) I I think Jaws, one thing about Jaws is it goes to show how influential films can be, though. Because Mm -hmm. before Jaws, nobody was scared of sharks. I mean, like, people knew about sharks, but they didn't have, like, the man-eater label. And then Jaws comes out, and all of a sudden, everybody thought sharks were man-killers. And, like, it just, it, it goes to show. Films, the way you portray things, can be very, very influential. It also shows how gullible people are. That's true. Well, <laughs> it's Hollywood. It's like, yeah, it's a similar thing with like the Persian Empire, like the ancient Persian Empire back in the day. All films, for some reason, seem very intent on making the Persian Empire the bad guys. And so history now is just like, oh, yeah, Persian Empire—they were the bad guys. No, but okay. It's just like, it's just interesting to me how films can like literally just shape opinions for everybody, even if they're not true, but I digress. I digress. (laughs) Topic Uh, for another time, right? Topic for another time. Uh, Also, before we get into it, huge props to John Williams, like the king of composers. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Dude's a genius. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the only other person that could compare to him is Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's really good. Hans Zimmer's really good. I still think it's John at the top alone. Oh, yeah, I I would agree with that. Hans Zimmer is just like, is close. Yeah, he is. He's very good. Very good. Uh, One thing about, so, one thing about Jaws, like the late motif for the shark in this film, and for people who are listening who aren't familiar with the term, a leitmotif is just like a character's theme. 
So like how the Joker in the Dark Knight has those eerie like violins or how when Darth Vader shows up, you'll hear like the Imperial March, like that type of thing. It's a character's theme. And the Jaws one, Williams will play in between a minor and a major key. So it never feels like it's on track. So it kind of leaves you like anxiety ridden and it doesn't really give you any re- like any real resolution. So you're just kind of sitting there like, uh, uh, okay, why does this not feel right? And like, that's, it's very intentional. It's very cool. But. Well, I was, you know, it's also like he does such a good job because it's so recognizable. I mean, even people who have never even seen Jaws know yeah. the theme song. Like, it's oh, just yeah. so recognizable. And it was so influential. This movie was so influential in pretty much everything, including this score. So. Yeah. This uh, fun little backstory. Did you know Spielberg thought it was a joke the first time John Williams presented the theme to him? I did not. Yeah. So John Williams, so he had Spielberg uh, with him next to the piano. And uh, Spielberg kind of does this like, so you've been working on a theme for the Jaws. And he's like, yeah. And he just goes, dun, 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 And like Spielberg was like, um, I, what? But yeah, Spielberg thought it was a joke the first time. Very, very cool. So, all right, let's just hop into breaking down some of the story points here. Uh, so that first intro scene, any notes you have about the good old skinny dip and the girl getting chomped? I want to say, actually, the opening title sequence is different. Like, okay. I, I think it's so good because it's one. I just I love that this whole movie is not CGI. Yeah. Two, it's such a simple opening of the shark's perspective with all the titles and everything. I just think it's really well done. It's nothing crazy or fancy. It's just different. Like, you don't see stuff like that even in movies like, you know, Aquaman, who the whole thing is set underwater. Like, yeah. So it's just, it's just cool to see it. And the yeah. intro sequence, did you know? That, so I have one major problem with this skinny dip scene. Okay. Did you notice? that this entire scene is supposed to take place within like five minutes. But if you look at it, it has like four different type or times of day throughout the entire scene. Yeah, I did notice there was some, <laughs> there was, there was definitely a few differences in the lighting for sure. I, like, it wasn't even the lighting dude. Like <laughs> it looked like one second it's midday. The next, yep. it's early in the morning. The next, yep. it's like almost sunset. It almost looks like I was just like, they they couldn't yeah. get around that. Like, what happened? I don't know. The shot must uh, the shoot must have gone longer than they wanted it to. Something had to have gone wrong because I don't see a movie like Jaws with how yeah. good intentional and everything that it was. I just I don't see them messing that up i just see some kind of whole another issue and i was shocked to see it honestly yeah yeah i i I think when you when you do like the first like that first little intro sequence obviously it's a little 70s right but it's fine i think it's cool right away how when the shark grabs that girl she starts like flying around in the water 
Like mm-hmm. he's just like ripping her around, and it's like, all right, <laughs> this thing, this thing's gonna, he's gonna be big. <laughs> so fun fact, I should have looked this up, but I can't. I I didn't think about it, but it's either this one or the second one. When the girl is being dragged around, like those screams yeah. are real because the harness actually like broke her hip or something like that. And I, ah. I cannot remember if it's the first or second one that that happens. But nice. Either way, that's a nice little tidbit for the Jaws universe. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, I also want to say Roy Schneider, the guy who plays uh, Sheriff Brody, Chief Brody. Uh, he does a good job. Oh, yeah. he does a really good job. Oh, I mean, yeah. even like, well, I think, yeah, he's like especially for the seventies when a lot of people acting was very over the top. It was very like eccentric at times. Schneider does a great job as like this subtle kind of mute acting style. He's very good at it. I'm really glad you brought that up because I, even though I've seen it so many times, it still amazes me like the quality of acting we get considering this was made in 75. Yeah. That being said, there are a couple times where the acting was so bad I couldn't help but laugh. And one of them was when um, they supposedly caught the shark the first time. Oh, yeah. And the guy goes, oh, that's a tiger shark. And the fisherman goes, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, bro, I could have done better. That was terrible. I love I love that scene. It's just 70s camp at its best. The guy just goes, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was great. And there was uh, another well, one, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but I, I guess not. If I run across it, I'll, you know, say something. But, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was the one that really got me. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, one thing about this. Uh, so Spielberg, obviously, the director. Uh, Spielberg is great. One of the best directors we've probably ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I love how creatively Spielberg moves in and out in the frame. Like characters will walk away and then toward the camera to get different like compositions. He'll mask a lot of wipes. And he's very effective at like a subtle cinematography style of getting people in and out of frame without it being like super eccentric. And like drawing attention to it. Mm. Yeah, but, no, I would agree oh. with that. I also appreciate just while you were talking about cinematography, um, yeah. one shot that they did not often, but often enough that I'm glad it was there is the shot yeah. of not necessarily over the shoulder kind of thing because you could see the character's face, but it was similar. But they'd shoot yeah. the character who was speaking usually on the left side of the frame and mm. they'd have another character on the right side with bokeh blurred out but not enough to the point you couldn't see his reaction yeah so those shots just riddled it a little bit throughout the movie i i really appreciated those like i thought that was very smart the way they did that because it was the specific example i can think of is when they were drunk in the boat the captain was kind of talking about his ptsd and all that and you could see the oceanographer in the background just kind of like a very serious like concern kind of look even though he's blurry like i i yeah. just i love those kinds of shots i i can't wait to talk about that scene i love oh scene. <laughs> but uh also one thing i want to see i, I want to know if you noticed it or not on the beach when so sheriff brody wanted to shut everything down 
Mayor said no. And like, he's watching everything. Did you notice on those wipe transitions, like those mask wipes, it was the same pair of shorts walking through every wipe? No, I did not. <laughs> well, I was like, I really liked it. I was like, these wipes are awesome. And I like went back and watched them again. It was the same pair of yellow shorts every time. Just yellow shorts, yellow shorts, yellow shorts. <laughs> now I need to go back and check this out. That, that... <laughs> Spiel, Spielberg literally looked at one of his DP, or not his DPs, one of his... Uh, Oh, PAs. One of, yeah, one of his PAs and just said, you there, yellow shorts, just walk through over and over and over. <laughs> like, it's the same pair of yellow shorts. It's nobody's going to notice unless you go back and look at it specifically. But <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? It's awesome. That is it's kind of uh, stupid, guess, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess also while we're talking about it, uh, this is this film has one of the best dolly zooms in cinema history with Martin on the beach and then Jaws attacks and then it just goes and it like that shot's great. Like mm-hmm. when he realizes he realizes he was right and here's this shark attacking somebody again and it's just like it's it's so I mean you see like how fast the grass moves away and it pulls the shack into frame. And it's just like this huge power shift, which is great. That's what you need a dolly zoom. A dolly zoom should be used very intentionally. And here it's like one of the best ever. It's so good. It really is. I, oh, my gosh. What? Oh, just that shot. Yeah. Oh. It, it, it makes my nether, re- nether regions gorge. <laughs> right, you're watching that shit and you just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, also, I want to I want to show some love to uh, Matt Hooper, the marine expert. He's great. He's a good character. The Wait, the what? The marine expert, Matt Hooper, Sir Hooper. Oh, the guy. Yeah. The biologist. I, dude. <laughs> you said marine expert. I was like, there's a marine in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I got really confused. Shows up and salutes Brody and says, I'll take this shark out for you. But <laughs> remember when he got in the fist fight with Jaws? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he's, he's a good character. I like him. He kind of annoys me, but he is a good character and he does add a lot to this movie. Yeah. I like how he's usually right and literally nobody cares. They're like, shut up. Shut up, science man. It's like, like, like literally nobody cares. Come at me with your big words. It's like, you have science. I have working class mentality. (laughs) I'm the mayor. Yeah. You're just a marine. Yeah. Biologist. What do you know about the ocean? Literally everything. (laughs) Shut up. But, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, and there's actually some thematic stuff that we'll talk about with that later as far as working class and and blue collar white collar whatever but um yeah so anyways we've we've talked about quite a few things here already um i want to move on if you and you might have some notes here so let me know if you have something in between now and then but i want to talk about the shipwreck that they investigate Okay. When, <clears throat> you have anything before that? Eh, 
uh, just a little funny shout out to the scene where they where the where the um, sheriff's kids are playing on the boat and he's like get off the water the mom's like no he's fine just leave him she opens the book and sees this arc she's like did you hear your father get off the boat <laughs> yeah. I, I just i thoroughly enjoyed that scene and i wanted to bring it up because i i really did i thought it was just a clever little ha <laughs> you were yeah. right she she took one look at that shark and she said uh-uh he's right <laughs> in a but, book mind you in a book i hate books but no. <laughs> I can't. I can't even read. So, oh yeah, that's why I get picture books. Yeah, but which is what I noticed. Uh, Martin got a picture book too. So I, I guess reading <laughs> reading is hard for everybody, man. But <laughs> but so the the shipwreck scene. Uh, that's a great little jump scare. Because mm-hmm. all they've talked about up to this point is how big the shark is, and. That's what you're waiting for. At any point when you're in the water, you're waiting for the shark to pop up. And every time the shark's popped up, you've heard that late motif, the dun, 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 dun. And like, so that's kind of what you're waiting for before he starts to show up. You don't get it. Instead, this head pops out of this tiny little hole, which you know the shark can't fit in. You're not hearing any musical score, so you're not really anticipating it at that moment. And it's just like a cool misdirection. It's a very good way to get a good reaction out of your audience. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that a lot. Um, I think this is this scene is also a little bit where it shows the acting ability of the 70s was very different from now. Because yeah. I noticed there was a little bit of a slight delay to the marine biologist's reaction. Mm-hmm. And some of that might be like just editing timing that was a little off. I'm thinking more editing, yeah. Yeah. And I, either way, that just kind of, I think, shows a little bit of the limitations or differences from the 70s versus now. Because if, if that was shot was like now, it would be a very quick snap to the point kind of thing. Whereas, you know, it was a little delayed in the movie uh, or in jaws so yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't like take away from the movie or all or anything but it's just one of those yeah. things that obviously me as the film analyst or whatever the heck you want my title to be noticed sure. <laughs> yeah uh are you talking about how it kind of lingers on the head for a couple of seconds before mm-hmm. okay yeah <clears throat> and, and i now that i say that out loud I, you are right it is more of an editing thing but, yeah. you know, it, to me, it's just if you wanted it to be a little bit more effective, you see the head and then you jump right back to the marine biologist and then you come back to the head because you achieved uh, your jump yeah. scare. But because <clears throat> because it lingered on the head a little too long, I think it just kind of took away from the reaction of the marine biologist a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, I also so. Moving on to the scene where everybody comes in for July 4th weekend and everybody's on the beach. Nobody's getting in the water, which totally makes sense. You don't want to get in the water because there's been reports of multiple shark killings. And I don't have a lot of complaints about this movie because it's a very, very good movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't love the scene where they're all on the beach and the mayor just kind of walks up to this older couple and he says... Get in the water. And this older couple who obviously 
is not super keen on getting in the water. Just kind of says, all right, and hops in. <clears throat> I've, I've kind of just pounded on this point in the past, and I'll keep pounding on it because I believe very strongly in it. Primal motivations are a big thing in film. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest, like not, not one of, probably the biggest primal motivation is I don't want to die. And you don't just go, oh, I guess I'll resist my primal motivation of not freaking dying to appease the mayor. Like, there were other ways to do that scene. It could have been like boneheaded teenagers just ignoring their parents who told them not to go in the water or something. And they're like, oh, we're invincible. We're teenagers. Hop in the water. And then other teenagers see them and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, hopping. Like, those people were obviously afraid of getting in the water. So I, I, I have a hard time with that scene believing that they'll just go against this primal motivation to stay alive, to just like make the mayor happy. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that scene a lot. No, I, I agree with that. The, but I think the point of what they wanted to achieve with that is just kind of showing how much of a dick the mayor is. Yeah, um, for but, sure. To achieve that, I think you're right. I think it would have been a little bit more effective if, say, you know, he was like, not even like rebellious teenagers or something, but he went up to the teenagers and was like, hey, guys, why aren't you swimming? You should go swim and all this other stuff. You know, somebody who is old enough that their parents can't tell them no, but young enough to where they're like, oh, okay, well, the mayor says it's okay, so let's go swimming kind of thing. I yeah. think that would have been a little bit more effective for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think it's a more believable scene if it's some stupid teenagers who think they're invincible. And plus, teenagers follow other teenagers. It's kind of that like high school pack mentality where you want to mm-hmm. be in the cool kid group, whatever. I don't think people care so much about like, oh, this old couple and their little children got in. That means we should get in too. Eh. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, but small complaint just that that's a thing of mine i just i like the primal motivations in film primal keep it primal but yeah i think that's also one of those like 70s limitations i i say limitations but that's not the right word but i can't think of the right one right now but yeah like this movie story-wise for the 70s really was ahead of its time so the fact that it is so good is just it's like a unicorn at this time honestly oh yeah um so i'm not overly surprised that it still had like its weak moments like that just because it is from the 70s but you know having this one little moment maybe a couple more riddled throughout the movie for a 70 for a 70s movie that's really impressive like oh, honestly yeah. yeah movies way ahead of its time <clears throat> when it came out it came out in 75 mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah it's insane um oh the fake shark attack when the oh. kids yeah yeah stupid kids man that's mm. why that's why you know i hate children but uh, <laughs> <laughs> better I'm not kidding. tell your girlfriend that <laughs> i'm kidding i don't hate children children are awesome but um no doesn't, it doesn't mean they're not little shits <laughs> <laughs> but you notice with the fake shark attack the late motif for jaws doesn't play every time the shark's attacked you hear the Dun, 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 dun. And this one, you don't hear it. It's not there. It's like if you're paying attention and you're a savvy film viewer, you know it's fake. 
because his theme isn't there. And uh, like it's it's not necessarily so if he's not there and you're paying attention and you know it's fake, that's not necessarily the big deal. Because the bigger question then is, if not here, then where? And that's really cool. That's what I love about that scene. Because you know he's got to show up, but now you know, okay, he's not here where everybody is. So where the heck is he? I like that. That's a fun scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, <laughs> no, yeah, man. It, it. I'd love to hear a perspective from somebody who doesn't like – analyze films quite to the degree that we do because like yeah i noticed that well i I say that you laugh but like i'm kind of serious because i would Uh, love to hear them see if they notice the fact that while the shark prank is going on the music is not playing yeah like i would love to see if somebody notices that like we do yeah because i guarantee you most normal viewers are not going to notice that so they're not going to think it's like really smart and good about that scene it's just haha funny yeah. little thing added in but yeah so basically what you're saying is we're just the worst <laughs> i mean honestly yes because we we should not be over analyzing these movies as much as we do but here we are because we enjoy it which might I make really, us a little messed up in the mind but that's okay i really i really do enjoy it <laughs> but also so this is kind of the midpoint here this scene where jaws uh you know after the fake shark attack and jaws shows up in what they call the pond uh and that's the midpoint and it's the first time you see jaws like in full view i guess full view he was under the water still but it's you did nuts. see half of his body <clears throat> yeah and it's nuts how big he is like mm-hmm. he looks huge it's awesome dude the crazy thing is <clears throat> i so i hate that i have to say this mm-hmm. but um i was on tiktok and um i ran across a video of somebody out in the ocean they were fishing for something i don't really know what but they found but a shark came up to their boat And it was as big as Jaws is portrayed in this movie. And I was like, um, the ocean is scary. Ocean scary. Ocean scary. Ocean scary. The ocean is scary, dude. Yeah, I don't know how big Jaws actually was supposed to be in this film. At one point, they said 25 feet, Mm -hmm. which is a really big great white. But I think now, even now, I think the biggest great white ever is like in the 30s he's like 30 odd feet long to google so i don't uh yeah so i don't know exactly how big he's supposed to be i mean he's still big enough in this movie that you're like oh dang uh <laughs> also i think it's important to point out how little the shark is actually in this movie up until the midpoint like we don't even really see him um and it kind of goes back to like hitchcock's classic sort of cliched at this point but cliche for a reason uh when he says a bomb is under the table and it explodes that's surprise but when you tell somebody a bomb is under the table and it doesn't explode that's suspense like spielberg told everybody there's a bomb under the table it's the shark and you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and when it does explode you're just like ah dang and it's like it's awesome but (laughs) I love it, dude. I, I I love when Jaws just goes nuts and starts ripping into people. Mm. I uh, appreciate that they don't shy away from the brutality of it either. 
Yeah. Yeah, I because mean, they need to. Yeah, well, I think even in the 70s, that was considered a little, like, shocking. Like, that was not normal at the time. I, 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 now, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure, like, that was considered really brutal and controversial and just not oh, okay yeah. for the time. Especially, but. especially uh, jumping ahead a little bit. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll bring it back here. But since we're talking about it, especially when they kill Quint later, mm. when uh, Jaws gets his mouth around Quint, dude, he just—I mean, he rips him up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I forgot how brutal that one was. I mean, Quint—he just takes it. Uh, poor guy, main <laughs> character. Main character, too. I know. I mean, dang, dude. But, yeah, you're right. 70s, that wasn't a thing. So, that's So, now we move on to my favorite part. This is a tiger shark. Oh, what? Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I did skip ahead a little bit, but... I think we're past that point. But I thought we were still talking about the beach scene and kind of jumping around a little bit. We, yeah, I guess we have been jumping around a little bit. But yeah, we can talk about this scene if you want to. If you have well, we talked about the you know beach scene. The, the little kid gets killed, and then the shark yeah. hunt begins. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I I wanted to talk about the scene where the shark was captured and the yep. grieving mother comes up to the sheriff. Yeah, because uh, I hate it. Yeah, it's I a think she much. does such a poor job too. Yeah, like I did not believe for a single second that she was actually sad that her son was killed by a shark. Yeah, she she doesn't exactly kill that role. No, but I will say uh, the sheriff's reaction, <clears throat> it, despite the not so good acting from her, his reactions are yeah. like really good like he does a good job of reacting to what should have been a good performance yeah. but wasn't yeah i mean just he over and over and over he does great mm-hmm. i mean he's so good roy schneider that's his name i forgot his name for a second roy schneider i'm terrible with names i'm never gonna remember that we know this already <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I, I feel like more people need to know that name because hot dang he did so well in this movie mm-hmm. I mean so I know well. that I know the name I just I'll never remember it <laughs> we established <laughs> this with like episode two months ago <laughs> that, <laughs> so. yeah that is true <laughs> uh, also while we're talking about actors and, and how they play off of each other Hooper versus Quint is a great little rivalry i mean these two clash so well Mm -hmm. and everything they do together is just uncomfortable and like you hate watching them argue which means they're doing a great job oh yeah because when you sit there watching people argue it's not supposed to be comfortable it's not like you're sitting there going like oh okay they're arguing and and then they'll be done it's fine it's like when people are arguing you're supposed to be sitting there like uh I don't, mm, okay, this is uncomfortable. I just, I want to leave. And like, that's what these two do. And they do it great. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But. Uh, um, Some of their arguments are just, 
I will say, like, some of their arguments, yes, they give you that uncomfortable feeling, but like, some yeah. of the arguments, too, are just like, we both just shut up? Yeah. I <laughs> like, mean, they're literally, they're looking for a reason to argue. Yeah, basically. <laughs> kind of reminds yeah. me of my sister. <laughs> Chaz is bringing up family dynamics for Ryan. Mm-hmm. And that it is. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, Ryan's uh, family issues aside. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, let's just bury those. Move on. Yeah, let's just, Ryan, you've been burying them for years. Let's just bury them for a little longer here. So, we got. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh, my gosh. Um,. <laughs> So, yeah. So, they get on the boat and uh, so we'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit. Obviously, uh, the line, you're going to need a bigger boat is like a classic line. Wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we wait. get that far ahead, I want to talk about the mayor's realization to how badly oh, he screwed up. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a really good scene. Yes. I apologize. I was trying to find the note. So, You're no, good. I like I hate the mayor up until this point. Like, yeah, I think he's a moron. I I honestly hate when they write characters like this because they're mm -hmm. like nobody. Nobody is that stupid. No, nobody is that ignorant to what is going on. Yeah. Like, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. Um to be in a position of power like that you most mm. you, like you're just you're not that ignorant yeah and, and it's not yes there are people who intentionally um are just like you know i'm not gonna deal with this but that's all they do you know i'm they just ignore it no he has to go out of his way to yeah. be a dick about this whole situation and i don't yeah. think that's realistic and i just i hate it i might be wrong maybe it is realistic but i still hate it i i mean i would i would say it is realistic to an extent i mean well, <laughs> I, there's there's definitely some people that i've met and watched and i'm like you're the worst <laughs> well maybe i have shut those people out of my memory then because i That's don't fair. like it that being said the way his character is written makes the impact when he's in the hospital that much more effective yeah so That's that true. is that is a good play on it but his realization and i really like the fact that it wasn't a realization of oh i screwed up people are dying it was yeah my kids were on that beach too like yeah. that is such a more powerful motivation for realization than anything else. It, honestly, at least in this movie, because the fact that he's worried about his kids says a lot about what his like true character is like, and it makes the impact so much more powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good, you're right. It's a very good motivation. It would have been very easy for him to just be like, oh, I realized I was wrong and da-da-da-da, and we're going to put out the bounty. But they gave him, like, a vested interest in it. Very good. Good job, Stevie Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the uh, sheriff plays off of that is 
kind of diabolical, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> dude, you know you screwed up. Now fix it. Yeah. Diabolical by signing for this. good cause. Honestly, yeah. 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 That's, well, a good that's, one, that's one thing about uh, Sheriff Martin, though, is like, he's a very good mute character, but like a very good, like, He's like a good intentioned, but also no time for your nonsense character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Martin's always got the best intentions, but there are times you're just like, wow, <laughs> that was cold. But hey, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, a good cause. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a good character. I'm glad Martin is not like the perfect good guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a single perfect character in this movie where they're just like the righteous do-gooder, which is great. I love that. Yeah, no, it feels a little bit more like reality. Yes, there's a 25-foot yeah. shark, and I looked it up. The biggest that we have ever found is 23 feet, but like... Really? Yeah, I actually looked it up. As far as I can tell, the biggest one that we have found is 23 feet. That being oh, said, probably. the ocean's a big place. <laughs> yeah, probably the biggest one ever actually recorded then yes 23 yes and i'm sure you've had your rumors about the 30 foot shark or whatever but the biggest one they've ever caught and recorded is 23 yeah well you know if a guy ever finds a shark we know that the size is probably going to be exaggerated a little bit so good old fishing stories man (laughs) um i I caught the biggest salmon in the stream the other day i didn't keep it i let it go but he was huge he was massive (laughs) Yeah, fishing stories, man. You gotta love them. <laughs> uh. Uh, I so if we can, I wanna I wanna talk about the nighttime drinking scene on the boat. Yes. Uh, before we get to that, there's just there's yeah. one shot that I wanna call out because I I oh, love okay, it so yeah. much. It's when they yeah. are sailing off in the boat for the first time. We get a shot of the boat being very small through sharks through, through a shark jaw. Oh, yeah. I love that shot. Yes. Because, one, there's a little bit of foreshadowing in it because, obviously, the boat's going to be in Jaws' teeth pretty soon. Oh, yeah. And, two, the the lighting of it um, because of the time of day they chose and just the framing of it. it, Like, it's just – it's such a beautiful shot for many reasons. Oh, yeah. That scene is – that shot is great. Mm, Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, now I have no other notes, so we can talk okay. about people getting drunk. Okay, because that's I always fun. That. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, before we move on from that shot, I just want to point out: very classic Spielberg, frame within a frame. It would be really easy to shoot the boat going out through a window, but instead Spielberg puts the window, which is already framing it again, but then the jaws, like the actual shark jaws, putting it in a different frame. Spielberg does that all the time. Mm. Frames yep. within frames. Just want to point that out. But the nighttime drinking scene, it's the best scene in the movie for my money because these characters who couldn't stand each other, right? Quint and Hooper, they sit there comparing scars, two guys completely different, bonding over their love for the sea and its carnivores. And I love that. Just kind of that idea that no matter where you're from, you probably have something, something in common with somebody. And then the dialogue for Quince about the SS Indianapolis. That's great. Mm -hmm. He does a great job. Oh, yeah. With that. I mean, I I still think. So 
obviously Roy Schneider kills it in his role. And he's probably the best actor. He, he does the best job in this movie. But for about two minutes, Quince is the best character in this movie. Just for that, that dialogue is great. Yes, it is. And anytime it cuts away from him and it cuts back, it just keeps getting a little closer and a little closer. And it's very subtle. There's nowhere for him to hide in this shot. It is just solely on him. And it is a long dialogue. It's just pure acting and just great dialogue. And it's, it's, it's so good. It really is. So good. So good. So good. Dun, so, dun, good. so good. Dun, I got you. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, um, that's the song. The hell was, was that? I was singing, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was singing? Yeah, dude. You know that song? What, what was that song? It's like, so good. Bum, bum, so good. Bum. What is that song? I don't know. I but, don't know either. I don't know. But yeah. Great, great, great scene. Mm-hmm. So good. Ryan, you have anything to say about the drinking scene before? Uh, I don't think Maybe so. I mentioned a little bit earlier about the like background element of having a person. So I love that about it. But oh yeah, yeah. You pretty much touched on all that was like just great about this scene, like his emotion, his acting, the slow uh, uh, dolly into his. Just so we can see all of him, and he is the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's it's just it's so well done. But you talked about everything, so I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's so subtle too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's so good. But um, yeah. Oh, so, I do have one comment. I appreciate yeah. the fact how they portray being drunk, because yes, as somebody who has been drunk many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> That consider seems myself more... a bit of an expert on the topic. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm 23. I've had some fun. It, it happens. I waited till I was 21 to drink. So you know what? Y'all can uh, uh, kiss my. You can kiss the deepest, darkest part of my little white behind. Um, I'm legal. <laughs> um, well, the way they portray it to me is, I, I like seeing that kind of drunk more, and it is a little more realistic. Because, yeah. you know, normally when we see people drunk, they're they're wild, they're crazy, they're partying, they can't control themselves at all. And I'm telling you right now, it takes a lot of alcohol yeah. to get to that point. And it's just, it doesn't really add a whole lot to the story unless it's like a club scene. Yeah. And even if it is, somehow the drunk people sober up immediately. And it's like, it, you're taking away from like what the point of or what the point of being drunk could be and so i just i just appreciate that they're the kind of drunk that it's like we're still having fun but you know we're getting serious and we're sharing more than we probably should because we've had too much alcohol like that like that's realistic i've had nights like that and i'm not extremely proud of them but (laughs) that's more realistic (laughs) yeah yeah it's true for, for me, I don't have a great – I don't really have a point of reference. But I think it's good for – Good for you, Drew. <laughs> Thank you. Good boy. But, Stay pure. <clears throat> as pure as you can anybody, be anyways. That's right. <laughs> but for anybody watching – so, like, that's the thing. If I were going to write 
a film with a drunk scene, I would have to get somebody else's opinion on it because you need to make sure your film is viable. Yeah, exactly. I got your opinion. <laughs> you need to make sure the film is viable for everybody watching. You can't write things that you can't relate to. And like, we've had that before in the past where you've seen a drunk scene and you hated it because it wasn't accurate at all. And it's just the little details like that. If you can hit all the little details, it matters a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. But um, yeah, good point. I'm glad you pointed that out. So this movie, obviously one of the classic monster movies, and it's the shark movie. But I, I got to admit, even for a guy like me who likes a good slow burn, this movie does start to drag a bit in that second half mm -hmm. when they're on the ship. There's a lot that happens. And I got a reason for it. It's not just me saying, I don't like old movies that are slow. Like, that's, <laughs> I see a lot of people who do that and like, okay, fine. You all have your preferences and that's fine. But there's a lot that happens that doesn't change anything. Like we're we're on a boat for roughly forty five minutes in the second half. For anybody watching this film who might not even realize it was that long, in the two hour film, forty five minutes is spent on the boat in the second half, and it's a lot of Jaws appears. We didn't get him. He's big. Jaws appears. He's big. We 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 didn't get him. Jaws. He's really big. We we didn't get him. And like. When you're writing a film, naturally you want a good balance and a good like alternating of positive and negative story beats in your script. Things that go well, things that go wrong, and they kind of trade off a little bit so that it doesn't get too stagnant. And in this second half, this film has a lot of story beats that go back to back to back to back that are very similar. And it just, it kind of runs a little stagnant. So outside of Quint's dialogue about the SS Indianapolis and the, the drinking scene, the second half really, it drags a little bit. And plus, when you let a film drag like this, <laughs> if, if you're literally the worst, like I am, and you let it run for this long, then you sit there and go, yeah, but why is the shark letting himself get pulled out this far? I mean, he's got a nice, tasty dish of stupid tourists back on shore. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I mean it's just it is something that you know obviously it's it's a great movie it's a classic one of the best but that is one complaint I do have about the second half is it it does tend to drag a little bit because it has similar story beats no I would agree with that they spend way too much time trying to show how strong Jaws is because yeah. it's like you didn't need to it, my problem with it, it I think it drags out because they have the mindset of, oh, one barrel. Okay, was enough. Cool. That That's a good yeah. thing to point out. Oh, okay. We try one barrel again. Oh, it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. It didn't work the first time. Let's try two barrels. Yeah. Oh, hey, that didn't work either. Cool. All right. Well, and I don't, I don't think they try a third barrel, if I remember. They do. They did. They did. Okay. So, yeah. So, then they try to hook up three barrels and it's like. This this whole ordeal could have been cut in half at least. Like we didn't need to see one, and then one again, and then all of a sudden they try two. Oh, and then next they try three. Like we we didn't need to see yep. all of that. 
Yeah. I think if they had just done one and then it's like, oh, okay, that didn't work. So let's attach three because obviously he had absolutely no problem with one barrel. Let's just show three on like that could have cut out probably 10 minutes of the story that we didn't necessarily need. Yeah. This, the second half is about 45 minutes. It probably would have been more effective at about half an hour is probably the runtime you more wanted to see I, when they got on the ship. Yeah, I was thinking between like 20 <clears throat> and 30 minutes. Um, yeah. and, and I say that with the sense of like 20 or 30 minutes of, you know, th- that's including the drinking scene and... Uh, yes. Uh, crap, what was the other one you pointed out? I'm completely drawing a blank. The the drinking scene, the we're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. The... All, all of the great scenes that make that boat scene great or make that boat sequence great. I mean, yeah. obviously those stay, those count as part of it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of good, good uh, additions to the story, but it's just, it drags out too much with trying yeah. to capture, I mean, uh, kill Jaws and we mm-hmm. just didn't need to see all of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did mention earlier how this movie has balls for killing Quint in such a gruesome way. I mean, dude, just he got shredded. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Ooh, before we get there, though, yeah. um, I want to talk about the, I guess you could say, the first good look and reveal of Jaws when he's oh, chumming yeah. the water and then, then yeah. Jaws just pops up and he hops back real quick. And it, it almost seems like a little bit like of a fisheye effect. <laughs> Um, yeah. Just, just slightly though, and uh, to have him back, like, like just that whole fish. scene. That's off. <laughs> you, you look so disappointed. <laughs> Do I? It's because I am. <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad I got that reaction. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> No, I just I love that whole scene because yeah. it it's just mm, like it's only like 10 15 seconds or something like that. Like it's yeah. a short scene, but it's so powerful and effective because yeah. we get the first real good look at how big jaws jaws really is. And yeah. his reaction, how the way he jumps back, it almost kind of seems like they sped it up a little bit. Um Yeah. I, not, I might be wrong on that, but like it, it kind of felt like it had that effect to it. And to have sure. that, just have him jump back with still the cigarette in his mouth with a look and he just backs up and we need a bigger boat. Yeah. Like I, I just, I That's love right. that whole <clears throat> sequence. It's so and, well shot. It's so well done with the story. Like, mm. And I love the way Schneider's directed to act here, to act here because it would have been so easy and so cliche for him to freak out and start yelling and be like, Captain, 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 blah, 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 whatever, as one does in a horror movie. But his reaction, it's just like it's its sobering. Like he just stands there and he looks at him and you can just see it like he's just reeling. Like it's such a subtle way of acting. And like you can just see, you can see the thoughts behind his eyes. Like if that makes any sense at all, it's just it's so subtle, it's so good. And I can't stress enough to people in film: subtle is very effective. 
And not every reaction has to be the world-ending reaction. It's very, very effective for someone to have a subtle reaction. But uh, very good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to point out. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I would have forgot about talking about that. Um, one thing I wanted to point out. Interesting little, not quite enough to be a theme, but definitely some symbolism at one point is how Quint who is the symbol of tradition and like the good old fashioned way uh, dies alongside his old fashioned rig. While Hooper, who is kind of the symbol of innovation and testing lives on even after his cage is torn apart. And so it's kind of just this interesting little narrative of how when the old fashioned way stops working, it dies because you have no use for it anymore. But innovation just keeps going. And it's just kind of this fun little, you know, symbolism thing. And and Spielberg will make a whole film about that later called Jurassic Park. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it's this fun little symbolic moment. Very cool. And we even see it within the, uh, the sailor. Like he even comes to that realization. And it's another one of those yeah. subtle reactions. So it's like, uh, well, it looks like. Looks like my way's not working. Hey, Hooper, uh, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, it's very neat. Uh, we can talk about the climax now, if you if you want to, the end of the film. Do you have anything to say before that, or anything to say about the climax with the good old pew pew? No, I think we just just end the podcast here. <laughs> oh, okay, it's over. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um. It wasn't uh, there. So this is um, probably not even relevant to the story at all. But I swear yeah. this movie caught a UFO. Okay. <laughs> because when the climax hits and they start taking the guns out and everything in the shot, and and I have the time code for anybody who wants to look, but it's at it's about at one an hour and thirty six minutes when. The sheriff pulls out the gun. If you look up in the sky in the background, there's this little white blob that runs across the sky at like blazing speeds with a red trail behind it. I was like, hmm, the heck is that? I didn't even notice. I did, and I have no idea how I did, but it's not relevant to the story whatsoever. But like, I'm yeah. telling you, go look at it, and <laughs> I, I don't know what the heck it is. I don't think it was like an issue with editing, even though editing was different then. But like, it just, it was weird. I'm like, what the heck was that? Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, huh. go look. It's there. It's so weird. Interesting. I'm going to have to look at that. Please do. Um, I think I will. But so the, the finale, obviously classic. I mean, I'm going to say that a lot in this in this podcast. Obviously a classic. Obviously a classic. Obviously. <laughs> because there's so many points in this film where it's like, it is a classic scene. Because it's a classic film. And putting the tank in the shark's mouth and shooting it and blowing up the shark. It's huge. It's awesome. It's a really big finale. Good way to end the movie. <clears throat> but as a gun enthusiast, I have a small nitpick. Okay. That I do want to point out because 
on the kill shot, he flinches and closes both of his eyes as he's shooting. When he goes to shoot, he just goes, and he like kind of like, there's like a little flinch and he closes his eyes. So, which means they were firing blanks probably because mm-hmm. you wouldn't do that if you weren't actually firing the gun. And so good on them for firing blanks because blanks help everything look very realistic. And even back in that day, I guess you probably had to fire blanks to get any kind of, I don't think they actually had the technology back then to fake a gunshot. So um, more people I, now should sure. use blanks. I don't know. More people now should use blanks, honestly. There's a lot of gunshots in films now that look terrible. Practical effects are not used enough anymore. No, not at all. But uh, I just it, it does bother me just a little bit that he closed both of his eyes when he went to go for the kill shot. Because it just kind of it makes it feel a little bit like luck. Because when you close both of your eyes and take a shot, you're not really aiming. <laughs> so I just I don't want it to feel like he killed the shark on accident or by pure luck. It'd be like <clears throat> it'd be like Thor throwing his axe in Endgame and then accidentally chopping Thanos' head off and being like, "Oh, well, all right, <laughs> sweet." Like, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a no, small yeah, thing. I, I know what you it mean. Is, it's definitely a small thing and definitely a thing that most people will not notice. But just for me as a gun enthusiast, I was like, oh, he closed his eyes when he shot. I was going to say, me, not as a gun enthusiast, definitely did not notice that. Yeah. But just a little thing. Um, so anyways. Ryan, that, that, I mean, that is the climax of this movie. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we talked about some thematic elements? I don't believe so, actually. I think we, I covered everything that I wanted to talk about. So, Drew, let's talk about your, uh, let's talk about your kink. All right, my little kink of themes. <laughs> um, Ryan, did you have any themes you saw or noticed or anything you wanted to point out before I got going? Stay out of the ocean. <laughs> the ocean is bad. <laughs> theme number one and the biggest theme. Ocean, bad. Um, uh, so I'm not obviously as good at noticing themes as you are, Drew. But the one that I did notice is, and I don't know exactly how to classify this, but we see the theme or the change within the sheriff of I don't really yeah. want to be on this island. I'm not. I'm afraid of everything. To, um, this is my home, and yeah. I don't want to be afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know there's a theme there, but quite <laughs> frankly, I can't identify exactly how you would describe that. You know, I noticed that too. I was I was trying to rack it around in my brain a little bit to see. Is there a thematic element here or is it just kind of the sheriff growing as he goes? And <clears throat> there's a bit of a theme in this film that's kind of like danger in our own backyards, which a lot of horror movies like to play off of that fear that danger could always be right in your backyard. Part of the reason Spielberg loves placing horror films in like suburbs and small towns because it feels very intimate, very mm-hmm. realistic. Um, but yeah, I, I mean – as far as a theme for Martin goes and how he changes, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a thematic element there that I'm missing. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely has a good character arc of of fearing the water to kind of conquering his biggest fear of the water. 
I, I, I guess that might be somewhat of a conquering your fears thing because obviously he he's he's scared of the water. But after conquering like the water's biggest obstacle, he obviously is not afraid of it anymore. So maybe yeah. something there. Taking out the fear part of it, um, I think a theme with this is could be it could be. Um, oh crap! Uh, I could, <laughs> <laughs> it is disturbing. Often I lose my train of thought. Um, you got it. Oh, the theme could be that you know home is where you make it. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I just throughout this film, you kind of see that the sheriff is kind of eh, not so keen on living on the island and all that. He misses New York a little bit. And then when his boy gets hurt, or not hurt, but like put in shock, um, mm-hmm. he makes a comment saying, take this little one home. His wife goes to New York. She goes, and he goes, no, home here. Yeah. And that's kind of his realization. That's part of the arc, or I mean, part of his character arc of improving and all that. But I also think that kind of shows the theme of, you know, home is where you make it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good job, Brian. I did it. <clears throat> <laughs> Yay! We did um, it! We did it! Uh, yeah, we should definitely do a review on Dora sometime. <laughs> find a hey. find a Dora movie. They made a live action one, man. It's on Hulu. Oh, that, that looks awful. <laughs> but <laughs> oh man. But um, so another theme that you'll see in this film is blue collar versus white collar, embodied by Quentin Hooper, hmm. and both men at one point or another are wrong and both men refuse or are very slow to admit when they are they both have this predetermined negative view of each other and these differences are yanked apart pretty quick in the movie but just you you'll notice really quick this movie's narrative on blue collar versus white collar and how it's just kind of saying hey you guys are different but really how different are you Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop being childish. And if you take a few seconds to get to know each other, you realize there's not a lot of differences here. And it's just a very good, very relevant theme. Yeah, that that theme will always be relevant. People who have predetermined prejudices or whatever. So good theme, blue collar versus white collar. Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but another one, and this is the big one, the one that involves the mayor quite a bit, <clears throat> is industrialism and the good old American way. Oh, Money. I hate this so, theme. <clears throat> yeah. And it's the theme that Spielberg loves to tackle. Yep. Spielberg loves criticizing greed. And at first, the mayor is only concerned with the town's earnings and he lets he lets greed get in the way of doing the right thing. And in a lot of Spielberg films, when he operates with like a force of nature, you'll notice in those movies, the force of nature is never the true bad guy. And so like in this movie, the mayor is the bad guy because he has the capacity for empathy and doing the right thing. And instead, he chooses money over safety, and he puts a lot of people at risk. He is, for all intents and purposes, the bad guy of this film for a large majority of it. Mm-hmm. Like, the shark isn't doing anything wrong. He just doing what a shark do. <laughs> he just eating. And, like, 
Exactly. But Spielberg, I mean, he does this with Jurassic Park. He did it with Poltergeist, which I guess wasn't technically directed by Spielberg. But like if you watch Poltergeist, you know Spielberg was heavily involved and it was definitely a Spielberg film. He doesn't get the directing credits, but definitely a Spielberg film. Um, and now and now Jaws. He does it with Jaws too. So if you're watching a Force of Nature movie and the Force of Nature is painted as the bad guy, the movie's just it's doing it wrong. Because the Force of Nature is not a compelling villain. And in this movie, it's Spielberg using the mayor to make a, a movie about uh, industrialism and greed so yeah 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 and those are our themes for the day Mm -hmm. and i hate that theme because it's realistic yes very much so very relevant Mm, yeah lucky us (laughs) (laughs) very relevant and it probably always will be as long as there's money to be made the theme of greed will be relevant Yep, unfortunately for us. <laughs> but, Ryan, that's all I have to say, if that's all you have to say. Yep, I'm good to go. Then, would you like to give us a spicy hot outro? Thank you for joining us, everybody. And remember, uh, sharks are not man-eaters. That is wrong, mm-hmm. so do not fear them, but be cautious around them. That being said, remember, also remember, the ocean is a scary place. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. It's scary. It's deep. It's dark. It's deep. Okay, I'm going to go cry now. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>